Well, hello, and haven't we got something very exciting for you? My goodness me, that's what she said has been a phenomenal start to my podcasting world. And thank you so much to so many of you that have been involved with the journey. We are releasing a new mindset mini series, a course of really formative topics and subjects that are common questions that I get asked by my clients, themes that come up with the women that I work with who are struggling definitely with these areas. I'm not saying that these themes are exclusive to women, not by any means. However, my coaching is founded on identity and establishing sense of self. And I'm a woman. Therefore, I talk from a woman's perspective and it's a pretty important part of my identity and of my client's identity as well. In order to support a wider audience, I've created this mini series for you to listen to and indulge yourselves in a little self-discovery. Knowing you're not alone in your thinking is so important to being part of a community. And trust me, you are not the only one who feels the way that you do. Here's what to look out for. Every week, I'll be releasing a mini mindset podcast focusing on one of these fundamental topics, the ones that a lot of my clients struggle with. I'll discuss some of the theories associated with the topics, my findings from working with countless professional females. And these topics are really juicy. Things like guilt, sense of self, purpose, friendship, social norms, sex, business, trust, nature, resilience, judgment. They're all things that come up very often in my sessions there are some coaching questions along the way designed to prompt you into reflection and eventually into action and you can get involved by subscribing downloading telling a friend having a pen and pad at the side of you when you're listening and checking out some of the resources available to you on my social media sites if you like the idea of a like-minded community have a think about checking out the collective of extraordinary women which opens its doors twice a year to a new cohort of members or just enjoy this mini series. It really is an eye-opening experience to learn about yourself and one that is so important to your happiness and living a life that you love. Today we are talking about one of my absolute favorite subjects and is the core basis of my very own coaching model. And I'm surprised that it's taken this long for me to do an episode on it because it really is at the very foundation of everything that I work with with my clients. The sense of self is something that's been studied and looked at for Well, since the emergence of psychology, um, when we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we are aware of so many different layers that that are involved in developing one's sense of self. So I'm really passionate about this. I've learned a lot about this over the years and I've come to a place where I've developed my own model or understanding of working on sense of self with my clients, which I'm really excited to share with you today. So what is a sense of self? Um, Essentially, and according to to many, many definitions online in in many different journals, your perception, it's, it's all about your perception of your characteristics or the characteristics that define who you are. The word that's important there is perception, because the lens with which we see ourselves and with which we see other people 
constantly shifts and changes. And this is what we see with people who go into a world of self-development. Their perception of themselves changes over time because they are working on their self-perception regularly. And this is why I think coaching is so beneficial to people who want to develop a a good sense of self, which leads to high self-esteem, to confidence, to competence, all of those great juicy things that I'm going to be talking about more in this mindset series. And having that knowledge that we can work on our sense of self is fundamental to the beginning of your coaching journey. Are you open to believing that you do not have to think of yourself in the same way for the rest of your life? Are you open to understanding that you can change the way that you think about yourself? So these are all great coaching questions that you can be asking yourself. And if you know, if you are aware that you can do tangible things to create an experience of your sense of self that is improved from the one before you work on yourself, then that is absolutely brilliant news for so many of us. I know it was for me, that's for sure. Um, There's been so many studies done on this. One of note is by Jean Baker Miller. She, in 1984, wrote a paper thesis on the development of women's self-esteem. And in there, it talks about the complexity of a woman's sense of self with the ever evolving and emerging identity needs of a woman in society, whether that's coming into work or whether that's being a mother or whether that's being the the caregiver and caretaker of people in the family, a man's sense of self for a very long time in our history was quite clearly defined. Now we're going to find that a man's identity and sense of self, I believe, this is my opinion, is going to be challenged and it's going to be shifting and men are going to be struggling with similar um, notions or causes of, of who am I as women have been struggling with for a very long time. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs is something that is good to look at when we're talking of sense of self, because what we have here is we have deficiency needs. So anything that's underneath esteem needs, when we talk about self-esteem or belonging, being with family, etc., being safe, our physiological needs, our sleep, our drink, etc., our water, hydration, which I was talking about in the very first of these mini mindset series episodes. And then when we come to the esteem needs, we move into growth needs. So the growth needs go over and above that very fundamental need of being loved, of feeling good about yourself, of having somewhere safe to sleep, of being able to have a decent nutrition and to drink water and and all of that good stuff. And when we get above the deficiency needs and we move into growth needs, here we're looking at cognitive needs, aesthetic needs, self-actualization and transcendence, if I can say any of the words, put my teeth in. Um, so you've got a, a layer upon which our basic needs are met in society which many of us fulfill. However, there is an argument to suggest that women are really being pushed upon and pushed down upon when it comes to this field of esteem need. And self-esteem is fundamental, absolutely fundamental to you living a life that you love. 
In fact, self-esteem is something that all of us could write down in our journals today and be something that we are working on as a primary focus for the rest of our lives. I believe that understanding where your self-esteem is supporting you and where it's holding you back is the pinnacle of you and your journey on self-development. So if we come back to my coaching model, and uh, I'm going to put you in a place where you can imagine a, a circle in the middle of a screen or in the middle of a piece of paper. And inside that circle, you have something called the wise mind. This is a psychological tool that's used for people who struggle with overthinking, overwhelm, etc. This neutral space of being in the wise mind state, which we can gain through meditation or contemplation or simply being in the present moment. And outside of that circle, having different ideas of ourself that we draw upon in any given moment. And through my work, I've established these different senses of self, these different selves that we can draw upon. The first one, and they're in no particular order and none is more important than the other, is the ideal self. The ideal self is really really complex, um, especially at the moment where we see so much information of how other people are living their lives, ideally, where comparison is at the forefront of our minds. Never before have we had so many visual points, touch points of seeing other people living this, let's presume, amazing life and being able to compare ourselves to that. So the ideal self is our understanding of how we need to appear, how we want to appear in an ideal world. And many of us play up to that without even knowing it, you know, whether or not that's making sure that you're wearing makeup when you go to an interview or whether or not you put on your suit for that interview. The ideal self tells us that ideally in this situation, our best self is going to be by conforming to the norm or going over and above the norm. Then we have our real self. So in the middle, we have the wise mind and coming out of that, we have what I've just described as the ideal self, or we have the real self. And the real self is us when we are not thinking, when we think that nobody is watching. It's the us that picks our nose on the sofa. It's the us that blows our nose and looks into the tissue. We Things that we might not do when other people are watching. I don't know why all of my examples were nose related, by the way. Whatever we do and we are not thinking about, but we would do naturally if we weren't imposed upon by societal norms. Now, some people say, well, that's a great place to be. But actually, I would argue that when we are being our real selves, there is an element of not being consciously aware of what we are doing. And for me, the absolute area of focus is awareness of ourselves. So the real self is not Oh, pardon the pun here, is not the ideal. Around the circle, we have also got the unknown self. So this is parts of us that we just don't understand yet, whether that's on a cellular level, whether that's quantum biology, whether or not that is why we've woken up at a certain time, what's going on in our bodies that we don't know about. This is our unknown self that happens unconsciously without us having to think about it. We then also have the ought self. 
O-U-G-H-T. And this is spoken about in some psychological circles. And it's something that I've really, really focused in on, especially when it comes to women, their self-esteem and their sense of self. Because the ought self is how you imagine other people think of you. And this affects women so completely and directly so often that our sense of self is defined by what we think other people think of us when we have very little evidence of what that actually is. And then on either end of the spectrum, outside of the wise mind, we have our past self and we have our future self. The past self that we might talk about or we might think about, which, by the way, we can't rely on because our memory is so shoddy. A human memory, we think it's great, but really it isn't that good at recollecting factual information. If you were to go back in time and see some of the experiences that you've had in your life and then uh, and have that, that shown to you with your perception of what it was like from today's standpoint, the two things would be very different. And, and that is that is a problem because we often have a sense of our past self, which is either very sad or very happy or conversations that we've had with people where we are not actually creating ourselves from a place of truth. It's from a place of imagined memory. And then we have the future self. And again, if you've reached, um, if you've read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, you will know that he is very much about being as present as possible in the wise mind, if you like. And this idea or notion of constructing yourself in the future self, wanting to be different in the future is another element that we draw on when we are developing our sense of self. So all the while, these different selves are playing out in your conversations with your peers, in me doing this podcast, for example, there's a certain level of myself that I wish to portray. I might want to be coming across as really knowing what I'm talking about so that you will see me as a thought leader and therefore go in and research my work and and see whether or not that makes sense to you and therefore start making some changes towards living a life that you love. If I showed up and I had done no research. And I simply spoke about my opinion on the matter and didn't fill that out with any evidence, etc. And I couldn't really be bothered. That would be coming in as a more of a real or past self experience where I didn't really care what I was doing. So you can see that our different notions of self play out in how we interact in different situations. And the first step for everybody listening today is to ask yourself, what am I drawing from when I am interacting in either having conversations with my friends, being visible on social media, talking to my parents, talking to my children? Which of yourselves is apparent in your behavior when you look at those different things. Because once you begin to see this, you can start asking yourself, how helpful is this to me right now? And what I find fascinating is when you are in a situation that you need to get through, let's say you're having an argument with your child, you will resort to the easiest method that you know to come out of that situation 
unscathed. You will resort to any one of yourselves in order to win the argument, let's say. And so how can you be mindful and come into your wise mind and do what a person would do, what you would do in that moment? Let's say your child is having a tantrum because they don't want to have a bath or they don't want to put their shoes on for school or something like that. Very often we're engaged in, we need to get them to school. We need to be there on time. You need to be clean. However, if we engaged in our wise mind for a moment, we would probably have conversations with our children or with our friends or with our peers or with our parents from a very different place, from a wiser place, from a more neutral place. And today's episode is simply to inform you that you have more control than you think about which of yourselves shows up in different circumstances. You have more power than you realise to curate and cultivate your sense of self. And the more power and the more knowledge you have in being in your wise mind, the more your self-esteem grows. And I realise it's been quite a mentally heavy topic in this session. And I'm going to give you something really easy to do that can help you to begin shifting the needle a little bit more towards your wise mind. If you are out and about, I'm going to encourage you to smile at strangers, to look people in the eye and to open yourself up because that self, that smiling, eye opening, engaging in eye contact person is the closest we can get to being present and in our wise mind in our daily lives. I'm going to set you all a challenge. When you go out today, how many people can you smile at? And not uncomfortably smile at, but truly smile at. How many people can you look in the eye, smile at and say hello? This is you in your wise mind. This is not an ideal self playing out. This is not you worrying about what somebody else thinks of you. This is not you just passing somebody by and ignoring them because you're too busy looking at your phone. This is the closest way I can get to you experiencing the wise mind without doing the really, really deep work. So you have your challenge. Sense of self is something that I am so passionate about. If you want to know more, you know how to get in touch with me. It's this that has changed my life when it comes to self-development and self-understanding and is the tool that changes so many of my clients' lives too. Thank you for listening and I can't wait to have your ears next week. Take care. Bye-bye.